0: Well, we are going to talk about the heart. We are going to talk about this door. A friend of ours will co-host for us for this year doing a three-week series. Mark started it last week. Um, It's called The Heart. Um, You really could preach on The Heart every Sunday. It really is the hub of all that we do and all that he's connected and how he connects to us. We're taking three short weeks, so hopefully we can pack it in with all the information that we feel like God wants to share. So last week, God talked about, Mark talked about an open heart. What does an open heart look like? What does it mean to have an open heart? Do we even have an open heart? And do we have an open heart in all the areas, or is it just the areas that are convenient or easy? What does that look like? Um, he talked about commitment. We often don't like that word, right? Commitment. It's a commitment to the Lord, and we often say it here. God's love language is obedience, Wah, wah, wah. We don't like that, right? We're like, no, can it be something easier? But God says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so when he speaks his love language, our love language might be gifts. It might be quality time. You know, the five love languages. Some of us have read that long-standing book that's so great. God's love language is obedience. He, he hears love when he says something and we respond out of a, an obedient heart, Right. So we talked about David. David was not perfect. David is often referenced as the worshiper. We all are like in awe of David. He just had this heart for God. He also did some terrible things. You should read it. You're like, dang, he's a bad guy. He did all this stuff, and God still says that he was a man after his own heart. How is that possible? It's because the Bible says that David loved God with his whole heart. We love to segregate this part's fine, this part's yours, this part you get on the weekends, this part when I'm doing stuff, I'm going to turn that off and we'll talk about that later. But the Bible says that David left him with his whole heart and part is repentance. So we talked about that last week. When we do sin and when we do turn off our heart, to be able to go, okay, God, I am sorry and turn from that, right? So a whole heart means solely, totally, entirely, only, without partiality, without portion, the whole thing. So God knows the intentions of our heart. I'm going to read two scriptures here. The first one is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even into the division of the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the marrow. And it says here, and the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of hearts. We often try to figure out the intentions of our spouse's heart or our kid's heart. Well, I know you were thinking, I know when you said that, who really meant, right? We don't know the intentions of people's hearts, but God knows our intentions. You're like, ah. First Samuel 16, 7, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord does not see man as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, what does God look at? God looks at the heart. He doesn't care what you're wearing. He doesn't care how your hair is cut. He doesn't care if you look like you have it all together, or you look like you're ratted up and you don't have anything going right for you. He sees the heart. Is that really hard as humans, right? We look at each other and we're like, oh, they're a mess. Or, oh, they've got it together. Or, oh, we always make these judgments. God sees past that to our heart. So is the is the door of your heart open? That's what we're going to talk about. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day, this moment in time, where we've carved out this morning to commune with you, to talk with you, to learn about you and to have you change our hearts. We're going to learn this morning, God, that you change our hearts if we will let you. And so, God, that's my prayer this morning, that my heart and our hearts would be moldable, reliable, open. God, I pray that through your Holy Spirit you would speak to us, each individually and as a local church, you would speak to us about the condition of our hearts. And God, I do, I ask for change. I ask for you to do a mighty work In our lives, let us leave differently than we came, only by the presence of an awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So our heart is the most vital part of our body, the most vital organ. You shut the heart down, you're not going to last very long, right? So in the natural, I think we understand that. In the spiritual, I think we complicate it. We are about so many other things. If I act right, if I do right, if I check off the boxes, if I'm kind to people. And God's like, it's about the heart, though. It's about the intentions of the heart. It's about your heart. And everything flows from your heart in the spirit as well. Luke 6.45 says, A good man, out of a good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of an evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth will speak. Have you ever said something and you're like, oh, I didn't mean that? Like, yeah, you probably did. Because out of the abundance of the heart, whatever's in is going to come out, right? Whatever you're thinking in there, whatever you're feeling there, it's going to come out. And a lot of times when we get squeezed, we're in co- confrontation or life is challenging, we're super tired, maybe things aren't going well, we're squeezed. What comes out then, that's really what's in there. It's easy to be like when your life is great, oh, it's great, and there's all these good things in here. But when life gets a little hard and we get squeezed, I often find those are the times I'm like, ooh, that's not so great. What What's going on in there? And I got to recalibrate with the Lord, like what's what's going on in here? Because what just came out wasn't looking so hot. So changing behavior versus changing the heart. If you're a parent, you probably have this conversation every day right yes maybe even if you babysit or are a nanny you can relate to this so changing the behavior or changing the heart so we often try to change behavior behavior management right do this behave this way act this way change that don't do that only do this and we put all these guidelines and instructions and rules around it to help us behave better to help us be better And sometimes with really good intention. If I do this, I'll be more kind. If I do this, if I don't do this, it's going to create this great person or this great life or this great outcome, right? If I stop doing that, and then we mess up, we're like, okay, tomorrow. When I get up tomorrow, I'm going to do these things, and that's going to change my behavior. So it's really tricky to try to change the external things without changing what? What? the internal things, right? It's, it's nearly impossible. I'm not saying you can't do anything. You can definitely change some things. But without the heart changing, without that piece on the inside, it's really hard for it to come out on the outside. Does that make sense? I think the biggest reason this happens is because of pride. If you really boil it down and get to the bottom line, if you think about changing your behavior, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Tomorrow, I'm going to... Do you hear the I, I, I? I can do it. I'll figure it out. I can do better. Right? So, at the end of the day, that's pride, you guys. That's saying, I can do it without God. I don't need your help. I'll figure it out. I got this. It's kind of a catchy phrase right now. I got this. You got this. Right? So changing the heart. As God's people, we are supposed to go to our creator, our father, and ask him to do what? Change our heart. Right? It's not, I'll change my heart. It's God change our heart. So we're going to read a couple scriptures. Let's start with Psalms 51. This is a prayer to God. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. That kind of prayer surrendered open prayer you're going to see results you're going to see change you're going to see those external things begin to change because of a prayer like that jeremiah 24 7 says then i will give them a heart to know me for i am the lord and they shall be my people and i will go be their god for they shall return to me with a whole heart that's a really interesting study to do on the whole heart, and what God says about a clean heart. But did you notice at the beginning, what does it say? Then I, God, I will give them a heart to know me. So if you're praying, I want to know you, God, that's an awesome prayer because he's like, I can change heart. The Bible has so many stories of God changing the hearts of man. Only God can do that. Think about the Old Testament stories where he changed their heart. The New Testament stories. Think about your stories where maybe you were dead set in your way. This is how I think. This is what I believe. And then God did something. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I I see it differently. And he changed your heart. Right? I think as parents, we often try to do that with our kids. If I could just change the way they think, if I could just change, and we all, let me talk to her, let me talk to her, and the aunt's like, let me talk to her, I'll tell her. We all think if we just say some fancy right words that the people around us might change. It's only God, and God can use you, don't get me wrong, God can use you, but it's only by the Spirit of God and His words, His truth, that makes those changes. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That softening heart. Isn't that beautiful? He will take out our stony heart. Anybody have a stony heart? We have it. It happens. Right? And I don't think we intentionally do. But sometimes you wake up and you're like, how did I get here? Like, heart is hard. I'm angry. I'm bitter. I'm hurt. We put up those walls to guard ourselves out of protection and just kind of preservation. And before we know it, we're just kind of rotten and hard and dark inside. And there's a lot of scriptures about a darkened heart, a dark heart that, and you run into those people, right? You bump into the dust, but you bump into those people and you're like, Ooh, you're prickly. Like that's hard. Something's going on in there. We can sense it, but we often don't see it in ourselves, right? Um, This goes back to what Mark preached about last week. about It's all about the heart and giving your whole heart. So we're going to talk about some signs today, okay? You guys still awake out there? All right. So the first sign we're going to talk about, we're going to pretend like this is the door of art, okay? The first sign... It says, I'll be back in 10 minutes. But if I'm not, just a sign again. So do we often put this sign on our heart to God? I'll be back in 10 minutes. If I'm not, just read it again. Which means, I need more time. I need 10 more minutes. And if I'm still not back, read it again. I need 10 more minutes. What are we saying to God when we put that sign on our, on our door To me, that's like that song, sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. It's like closed, not closed. Like, the door's closed. I'll be back. But it's not closed. Maybe, it's a maybe, right? So closed, not closed. We're telling God, maybe try again later. Not quite ready yet. The next sign, we see this a lot with the businesses opening up. It says, opening soon. So think about this. Is this ever on the door of your heart? Opening soon. What are we telling God when this sign is on our hearts? What's on behind this door that it's not open yet? There's this promise that it's going to open, right? So when I see that at as, as a business or, you know, something that's opening up, I get excited because I'm like, ooh, opening soon. And I want to know, like, I'll get mine. What's the date? When we got that new TJ Maxx home goods store, I was on there all the time, like, what are they posting when they open? It creates that excitement. When are they opening? But what are they doing behind that door? They're prepping. They're cleaning. They're building. They're sweeping. They're making it ready. They're getting their inventory. Whatever is. is, they're practicing. They're hiring staff. They're getting all their ducks in a row. So when the door finally opens, they're ready to roll, Right? Have you ever gone into a business and they're not ready to roll yet, and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to come back here. Like you want it, legit, you want it ready, so that when people come, they tell all their friends, it's amazing. You got to try their coffee, or you got to go check it out, right? So, do you have the sign up? Are you telling God, opening soon, pretty soon you can come in? But what are you really telling God? I'm cleaning stuff up first. Is there a fear that when God comes in, he's going to be like, oh, this is a mess. What the heck's going on over here? (laughs) I thought we dealt with that. You think he's going to come in and start judging and start looking and peeking behind stuff to see what's, you guys, that's not our God. He comes in and he dines with us. He wants to be with us. He's not worried about fixing us. I think when we think about God in his presence, we hear, you want to fix me. God says, I just want to be with you. We try to fix ourselves and we try to fix each other. That is never God's intention is to fix us. His intention is to be with us. He wants to come in and just sit down and have coffee or play a game or talk to you. He doesn't want to fix your stuff. It's about the heart, right? cool thing is when you spend time with him, stuff just starts falling in place and he fixes it. But it's not because he's fixing you. It's because he's with you. Right? The next sign, we're getting a little deeper here, so we'll see if any of these signs apply. This one says warning, restricted area. Entry forbidden beyond this point. I like this one. Warning, Restricted area. Entry forbidden beyond this point. You can come up to this point. After that, it's restricted, right? This is what I call, ouch, that hurts. Because if I see this sign or I think about if I had this sign up on my heart towards God, there's something very tender back there. There's something very off limits, right? There's something... You can't come here. It's not like the open, opening soon. It's not like, maybe I'll be back in 10 minutes. It's restricted. No. Off limits. Absolutely forbidden. Not a chance. he have that sign? The hands go up. Right? This sign is like, there is something that requires a certain level of clearance. You've seen those talk signs or the construction signs. Somebody might be able to go in there, but they have to have a certain level of clearance, a certain level of badges, a certain level of training to be able to go to that area, right? Not just anybody can walk up to those areas and be like, let me in. They'll be like, I uh, know, where's your certificates? Where's your badges? Where's, where's all those credentials, right? So what are we telling God when we put sign? God, you have to have credentials to come in this area. This stuff happened when I was little, and it's hard, and it's closed, and we're not talking about it. This stuff is hard. This stuff changed me. Maybe for the better, maybe for the worse. Right? It's those areas that we don't talk about. We don't pray about anymore. We've given up on them. We've closed the door, sealed it. You know, in a, the Monsters movies, all those doors that come, and they, like, go off, they're gone. Like, they are not excel anymore. Off limits. I usually find when I have this sign... There's a hurt or a wound there, and it's too painful, and so I just close the door. All right, this last one is pretty self-explanatory. For those of you who just, you know, shoot them straight, keep out. That's it, keep out. It's not an opening. It's not restricted. It's just keep out. Anybody have this on your door? Door of your heart. This one speaks for itself. No option for entry. It's not under construction. It's it's just keep out. There's there's not an option. Okay? So let's let's do a couple more signs here. We're going to put some up on the screen. The first one says, Caution, if you have a weak heart, do not enter. A teenager lives here. If you look online, there's so many of these teenager signs, but let's be honest. Us adults need these signs probably more than they do, right? So when we see a sign like this with a teenager, what are we thinking? There's a mess in there, right? There's dirty laundry. There's some fruit rotting in a bowl under the bed. There's stinky clothes everywhere. What else? Parents, you're like, oh, gosh, I see eyes rolling like you have no idea. Right? We don't really want to know what's in those rooms, right? So this sign to me is a heads up. I'm giving you a heads up. Caution. I'm not saying you can't come in. I'm just saying, hold on. Let me explain. If you have a weak heart, or you have a gag gag reflex, you probably shouldn't come in here, right? So it's that, I'm not saying you can't come in, I'm just warning. I'm just letting you know. How many times do we do this with God? I often hear this in my prayers. I'm like, God, I'm really angry now, but I'm, I'm cautioning him. I'm preparing him for what I'm about to, like, bleh. You know, do you ever have those conversations with God where you just spill the beans and it's like, bleh. Like, you couldn't wait to just tell him all this horrible stuff, right? All the stuff that's going on. So I often find in my prayers, I'm prefacing it, like, all right, Lord, I'm just going to let you know. I'm really upset right now. I'm hurt or I'm frustrated at you. And here's why. It's the caution. Okay. This next sign says, please wait here. This is actually a doormat, this next one. Please wait here. So if you came up to the door and there was a doormat here that says, please wait here, you'd be like, okay. Okay. How long? Can I knock? It's it's polite. It says, please. I still can't go in. Please wait here. When we have this sign to the Lord... We're being kind. Jesus, could you just wait? Just give me a minute? What are you saying when you have this doormat or this sign that says, please wait here? Are you dating? Like, you can be right here. You're close. I'm going to let you by my door. I'm going to talk to you in a minute. Maybe I'll peek through the peek hole. Or maybe I'll, like, come behind and, like, just a little. Hey. You can stay right there. I'm not not going to let you in, but hi. Right? But the door is still closed. Right? The door is still closed, but we're kind of dictating to him where we want him. Do we do that in area of, areas of our life where we're like, you can be here, but you can be right here? When I was 19 years old, I lived... I lived this. Please wait here. I loved Jesus my whole life. I wanted him in my life. I foresaw my future, and I saw me serving him and loving him and doing things for him. But I was 19, and I was like, Lord, I'm just going to be really honest. This is that cautionary. Like, I'm just going to be really honest. I want to I want to drink. I want to dance on all the tables. I want to, ha- literally, I want to hang out with my friends and do what I want to do. And live life. Experience life. I told this to God. I want to do all of these things. Just for a short little time. Just for me. And when I'm done, I'll give you the rest of my life. Guys, this is a true story. This was my heart. I wanted to just have this little window where I could do what I wanted. Be 19. Experience all the things that you experience when you're 19. And then, and then I'll, you can have the rest of my, it's a fair trade right it's a really good deal i was giving him all my years for just just a couple little years or a couple little season thankfully god in his wisdom and his grace and his mercy captured my heart shortly after that and was like could you just come and i was like yes why would i want that when i got peace and joy and love and do all these things Thankfully, he came, because you guys know a sin, it's like a hook. And you think it's just a season. You think it's just a day. You think it's just one video you're watching. You think it's just one relationship that you're engaging in. And it could be years later, and you're like, oh, how did I get here? Nobody ever intends to be a drug addict. No one ever intends to watch pornography 24-7. No one ever intends on being a horrible person Right, It starts with those little things, and it's a hook. Thankfully, he rescued me, but I was telling him, please wait here. The next one, yay! Let's put the next one up. It's going to make you happy. Yay! Everybody feel good? Welcome to my home. So it's like, welcome! And not only welcome, welcome to my home. Like, I'll meet you at a coffee shop and be like, hey, welcome. That's great. There's a whole other level of intimacy when you welcome someone in your home, Right? come on into my space that's vulnerable that's that's my stuff that's where I live that's where i do life that's where the nitty gritty happens right so let's zoom in on that fuzzy little sign please go away do we often have this sign to the lord welcome to my home and we're really like please go away you're not really welcome here Do we do this? The answer is yes, we do. I know. So I think this sign comes a lot with religion. We're doing all the right things. We're attending the right things. We're saying the right things. We might even be reading the right things. But really our heart, because God knows our heart and sees the intentions of our heart, our heart is really like, please go away. Right? All right, so did you notice something with all of these signs? The ones on the door, the ones on the screen, did you notice something, that the common denominator, the common factor of all of those signs? The door is still closed. Some of them had the potential of an open door. Some of them did not. But they all still had the closed door, right? And that door signifies our heart, the closed door of our heart. So I want to talk about this. Who's on the other side of the door? So if we live on this side, and this is our heart, and we've got these signs, who's the one right here? If it's me, you might not let me in either. You might be like, nope, still, keep out. Where's area? Let's read Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will dine with him and he with me. I love this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Who's talking in this scripture? Jesus. He is the one standing here, reading our signs, waiting knocking on the door of our hearts. He's God. Could he come in? Probably, but he made it so that there was a relationship. He's the one standing at the door knocking. I love the scripture because when it says he stand door, it speaks so many things. He's pursuing you. He came to your door. In fact, he's at your door the very minute knocking. Knocking. Tomorrow, knocking. He's been knocking on your heart since before you were born. Knocking. Not to yell at you, not to point out your sin. He wants to engage with you. He wants to love you. He wants to spend time with you. He knows you're in there. He's knocking on your heart. The next part of that verse says if anyone hears my voice so you know what that tells me he's speaking he's not just knocking he's calling your name he's calling your name Linda are you home Abby are you home can you hear me Elijah are you there it's me says, if you open the door, guess what he's going to do? He's going to come in. He is faithful. Have you ever had a what is it? A knock and ditch or what's it called? A ding-dong ditch or whatever? (laughs) They knock and they take off. (laughs) They leave like poop in a bag or whatever. (laughs) Jesus will never do that. He will never ding-dong you. Like, "Uh, bye, see ya. And you come out and you're like, Jesus, where are you? And he's like, "Uh." Can't find me. Too late. You took too long. He will never ding dong ditch you. He is faithful. He knocks you open. He comes in every time. Then the end of that scripture says, He comes in and He dines with you. Let's talk about that for a moment. We love to eat. We love to dine with people. We love to engage over a table over food, over drink. Why? Because that's how he created us. It brings a common ground. You like coffee? I like tea. Let's go sit across the table. There's something that breaks down barriers when you have food. Have you ever tried to talk to someone and there's just like that awkward like, so, how was your day? Oh, great. So where do you work? Okay. And it's like, but you sit down and have food? you sit down and have a drink together it it tears down some of that it's intimate right well guess what when he comes in to your home it's at your table it's in your environment it's in the comfort of you he's not saying come over to my fancying or come over to where i you have to he's like i'll come i'll come i'll come right in your house is messy. I don't care. You got sin. I don't care. You don't even like me. I don't care. I love you. You're mad at me. That's cool. Let's eat. He doesn't care. He loves you regardless of the junk. If you didn't, none of us would be here. You guys, none of us are worthy. None of us can do that. He paid the price, right? Right? So I'm just going to remind you, so many scriptures, you guys, but I'm just going to remind you who is at the other side of this door that we have slammed shut or maybe we've closed politely to keep him out. 1 Peter 2:23 through 25. I'm not going to read the scripture. I'm just going to put it up and tell you what it says. He bore our sins. He paid the price. He's the one who suffered. He's the one who suffered for you you're behind this door suffering because you don't want to let him. He already did it for you. He already suffered for you. John 1, 10 through 12. He's the one that prophesied. He was prophesied thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. He is the promised one. He's made you a child of God. He, that that God, that Jesus, is on the other side of the door. Romans 8:34 He died he rose he is seated at the right hand of the father because it is finished the bible says it is finished we've talked about this all the time when your job is done you sit down you kick up your feet and you're like done you look at your painted wall or you look at your project or after a long day it's done That's where he is, at the right hand of the Father. It's done. I love the end of this scripture. It says, he makes intercession. You can just leave him up, Miss Talia. He makes intercession for us. Do you know what that means? He's praying for you day and night to the Father, interceding on your behalf. In 129, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away what? the sins of the world. Can you put your name in there? Who takes away his sins. Who takes away your sin. He's He's right here. He's the one who took away your sin and the door is closed. The next one, Ephesians 2.14. He is your peace. He reconciles us and God. He is that peace between us and our Father. He doesn't just give peace. He Is peace. He doesn't just give love. He is love. Love is standing at your door. Peace is standing at your door and you're behind the door going, God, how am I going to fix this? I just need peace. And he's like, can I come in please? I am peace. I'm right here. Ephesians 3.20 I love this one. We quote this one. He can do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could ask or think of. Some of you are really smart and you think of a lot of things. He does exceedingly abundantly more than that. Philippians 9 through 11. He is highly exalted. He is the name above all names. Jesus. The name above all names. He is mighty one, majestic, holy, worthy, righteous. Counselor, Comforter, Strong Tower, Prince of Peace. I could go on and on and on. Colossians 1, 13-14. He is the only one who can forgive sins. Do you remember in the New Testament, the Pharisees and everybody accusing him? And they're like, he says he can forgive sin. They were so boggled. They're like, that's hypocrisy. That's crazy. And they're laughing. He said forgive sins. Because it is crazy, and He does. He does. He conquered darkness for you. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I love this. For if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That guy, Jesus, is at your door. Things are new. Romans 6. I'm not going to read. It's the whole stinking chapter. Remember Romans 6. It says, You have newness of life. You are no longer slaves to sin. You are free. You are alive to God. You are given everlasting life. We can't even wrap our minds around that, you guys. If we could, we would live differently. If we could wrap our minds around and our hearts around the fact that we have everlasting life with God, we would not live like we live right now. We'd be dramatic changes if we really had that revelation. And it says that we get to live in grace. Let's talk about Galatians 3 and 4. Galatians 3.13 says he redeemed us from the curse. Galatians 3.19 says he is our mediator. How many people need a stinking mediator? I need someone to go before me and and plead my case and make a way. He's your mediator. Galatians 3.26 says that we are sons of the living God. Galatians 4-5 says we're adopted sons. We are accepted into a family. Galatians 4-7 says we're an heir of God. You guys, there are so many scriptures. I jotted down a few. There are so many scriptures that tells you who's on the other side of this door. So why do we close the door? Let's put up that slide that what does the door of our heart look like? What does it look like? There are so many things, you guys. Slow to change. We're full of shame. We're too busy. I don't have time. We have secrets and we don't want anyone to know, so we close the door. We're prideful. I can do it. We're critical. We're controlling. That never describes me. I'm just letting you know. Controlling. Bitterness. Are we hiding? Are we entitled? Are we angry? Are we defensive? Do we know it all? I don't need God. I already know it all. Are, is there lying? Are we lying to ourselves? Are we believing lies? Are we running away from God? Are we unavailable? Life's too hard. I just, I'm unavailable. We're closed off. We have disbelief. We're making excuses. We're unwilling. We're judgmental. Right? There's more. Those are just things I thought of. That's what a closed door of our heart looks like. Anybody have some of those? Yeah. So next, let's look real quick. We're almost done. What does an open heart look like? What does it look like when these signs come off the door? Actually, God, you don't have to keep out. This once restricted area. I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give it a try. I guess you can come in. Opening soon. I'm open. It's not complete perfect, but come on in, God. I told you I'd be back in 10 minutes. So an open heart, what's it look like? It's humble, it's humility. It's hands off. I'm taking my hands off. It's listening. You guys, God is always speaking. He's always speaking All the time we're not listening. It's being available. It's openness. It's a sorry, repentant heart. God, I'm sorry. Sorry. The power of repentance. I love, Mark has preached this the whole time I've known him. Repentance is often this, you have to repent, and it's duty and this task, and it's painful. Actually, it's a beautiful surrender, and it's an honor. We get to repent they were sorry. It's being responsive. It's being teachable. It's being vulnerable. Inviting him into your messiness, <sighs> into the yuck of your life. Right? It's quick to change. God says something and you're like, okay, you said it. It has to be good. I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. It's being honest, accessible, asking questions. I did not ask questions to God until like what, I was in my 30s. Somebody I had mentioned that and I was like, oh, I can ask him questions. Like, so now I'm like, what do you want to do today? What do you want to speak to me? I get frustrated with my kids or someone at work or even myself. And I'm like, what are you doing here? What is it that you're speaking? What is it that you're trying to show me? Give me, can you give me your perspective? Ask God questions. Willing you have faith and you're surrendered. That is an open heart, you guys. And yes, this is open. And some of us, this is open. And we're like, it's in. If you can get through there, it's open. But what if we flung wide the door of our heart? Not in some areas that are easy. What if this was our life and we flung wide the door of our heart? If you mind wouldn't to stand, I'm going to have Mark come up and kind of close out. God is faithful. Can you say that? God is faithful. He is faithful.